1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And before we get to whatever the hell the 49ers just did in Minnesota, let's talk about our friends over at Lamb chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. You can follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops. They are our favorite clothing brand and the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. Comfortable clothing, quality clothing, and Chris, some dope looks.
2: And what's the most important thing about the clothes you pick? Looking dope. Looking
1: dope. Everybody knows it, so look dope today. <laughs> Go to sglamchops.com. You'd prom- use promo code Candlestick twenty for twenty percent off your order. Hoodies, t shirts, shorts, joggers, necklaces, hats. They got it all. sglamchops.com. We
2: love we love lamb chops. Shout out to uh, shout out to our guy Craig. Probably in the in the building tonight in Minnesota. I would imagine uh, so probably
1: probably a tough watch very tough we'll talk about that in a second but not before we talk about our friends at cooperage cooperagebrewing.com is the website you can order beer there including our beer candlestick chronicles hazy ipa it's delicious you should order a case they'll mail it right to your front door one day shipping
2: There was a lot of Candlestick Chronicles consumed in this household because uh, the 49ers did not play on Sunday, which gave us the rare opportunity to uh, kick our feet up a little bit and enjoy a football Sunday um, without having to podcast and watch closely and all those things. But you best believe there was some Candlestick Chronicles drank at this house. And uh, man, it was it was stupendous. It's always good. Like, I don't it doesn't surprise me that it's good, but like you open it. And you take that first sip and you're like, oh, yeah, this is really, really good beer. Like, not only does it this awesome can that has our names on it and it's named after our
1: podcast. It's
2: like, oh, yeah, it tastes great.
1: Love it. Coopersbrewing.com. Shout out to Cooperage. All right. Let's talk about uh, the 49ers loss to the Vikings. Here we go.
0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: In yard pass. Caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown. 49ers. I don't even know where to start. Um Steve Wilkes, he was bad. <laughs> Nick Bosa, nowhere to be found. Brock Purdy did the thing that Brock Purdy Doubters said he couldn't do. He didn't, he did, he, like, Stephen Ruiz might have been right. That's, <laughs> that's, I, it was, dude, that was ugly. That was really bad. That looked like a team that I cannot comfortably put in the Super Bowl contender conversation. They're not on the level of the Eagles. They're not on the level of the Chiefs. They're not on the level of the Ravens or who am I missing?
2: I don't know. Um, you you think they're worse than Detroit?
1: No, I think they're about the same as Detroit right now. Okay, uh, give um, the last two weeks worse, but uh, the two weeks does not a football team make.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's they've lost two in a row. It's been the first time they've lost two in a row since around this time last year. Um, so obviously it's really hard to say what we said two weeks ago when they beat the Cowboys that they were the class of the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. but you know it's a pretty stark contrast, right? The Eagles handle business against the Dolphins. Um, albeit on their home field on Sunday night football. And the Niners have an opportunity to to make a point, make a statement on Monday night football that last week's game in Cleveland was an aberration. And they come out, and frankly, they play horribly. And, and the thing was about this game was so much went wrong, right? It wasn't – you You can't really pinpoint one thing that was, that was off for them in this game. It was their first two trips deep into Minnesota territory coming out with zero points with Christian McCaffrey fumbling and then Jake Moody missing a field goal. Um, you have third down efficiency for Minnesota. They're 8 of 13 on third down. The Niners' pass rush was completely ineffective, um, and they didn't have a single sack tonight. I, I I heard at the end of the broadcast Joe Buck say the 45 attempts without a sack is the most this season in the NFL for a Hell team. yeah. So, you know, the 49ers who – um, are basically built on being a team that can bother opposing quarterbacks with, with just four pass rushers w- was completely ineffective tonight. Um, and I'm sure the the Vikings offensive line deserves some credit for that. Um, the one time or the, I mean, they, they dialed up some blitzes and it feels like every time they've dialed up a blitz, they've gotten, they've gotten killed by it. I, it happened a yeah. lot in Cleveland with, with the screen game. And it happened mm-hmm. with 16 seconds left in the first half today when, um, Addison scored that sixty-yard touchdown, which should have been a pick uh, by Mooney yeah. Ward. But it, you know, like you can you can go down the list. You can go to Kyle Shanahan's decision to kick a field goal to go down five when you're when you're down eight when you have an opportunity to just go score a touchdown, get next get get the two point conversion and tie the game there instead of being down five, which doesn't do a lot for you. It actually looked smart for a second when they got a missed field goal from the Vikings, and then the Vikings um, elected to punt on a, a fourth and short. In a you know a spot where they could have gone for it in 49ers territory after Kyle Shanahan made that decision, but and then you have Brock Purdy's two interceptions, right? Like it's Brock mm-hmm. Brock looked really good and I thought he looked really sharp with the exception of those two picks or even before those two picks, um, and the two picks were bad. And it looked like the first one was a product of Jawan Jennings maybe getting you know it was one of those timing routes so often where we see Brock Purdy throw the ball before the receiver does his in breaking route. Jawan Jennings was pushed to the outside. By a Vikings defender in coverage and maybe that messed up the timing of the route I don't know what it was but it was one of those scenarios where um, you know Brock Purdy's throwing to a spot not necessarily to a guy and the guy wasn't there and it also looked like it was off target in addition to that right so you just had you had the offense not getting points early in the game you had the defense being completely unable to get off the field on third down Um, you had Kirk Cousins just being able to do whatever he wanted and yeah, the coverage wasn't good, but I you know, and I, I it's hard for me to focus on the coverage in this game given how we've seen the 49ers win in the past. It's by bothering opposing mm-hmm. quarterbacks, and coverage can look a lot better when the when the uh, quarterback is feeling pressure. Um, and then the interceptions like to me, that was that was it. Those were the three the three biggest things, but coming out of this game it was the fact that it was so many things that went wrong for the 49ers not just like one thing here or there it was it was a failure on multiple fronts uh and it was really surprising and again in the context of the eagles uh beating the dolphins on sunday night football and then the niners coming out and losing to a team that was previously 2 and 4 it's a tough scene and there are absolutely zero zero silver linings i know there was <laughs> we did a video or we we talked about it in the pod last week cool. about uh silver linings that there are none this week there are no silver linings he made a kick he made a 55 yard (laughs) kick that proved to be meaningless (laughs) thankfully for his sake it wasn't it wasn't a two-point game like last week he missed a field goal but it Mm. it it feels like feels like a much less uh important subplot than it would have been had they lost by two points this week again
1: Uh, jalen moore was pretty good in pass pro Hang the band. I'm looking for silver linings. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was it was a mess, man. And and I don't. This is not like the fault of one singular player, right? This is not. It's not. And I even you know talk about Steve Wilkes. I mean, that's just you got to make an adjustment. You got to know that your pass rush isn't getting home and figure out what to do about it coverage wise because they were playing coverage like their pass rush was going to get home and then and then it wasn't. So, and then you get the, the what was the what was the next-gen stat on Steve Wilkes zero blitz call? It was, let me go find it here. Um, the 49ers sent the first seven men, this is from uh, ESPN's next-gen stats. The 49ers sent the first seven-man pass rush in the last 30 seconds of a half in opposing territory since week 11 of 2020. Do you know That was why? their own? No.
2: Oh, like, in the what, NFL, so was that... Was that the Raiders Jets game?
1: I've. I don't
2: remember. There, there was one. There was one play that was like. No, because they
1: anyway. weren't. They weren't in. I think they were. They weren't in opposing territory. Yeah. Like the Vikings weren't on their on the Niner side of the field. And right. they sent a seven man. And and ultimately with sixteen
2: if, seconds left.
1: If if Ward intercepts that, like he should, and that's why it's hard to point the finger at one person, right? You can blame Wilkes for the blitz call, but then if Ward intercepts that, we're going, wow, what a call. I, so I, I'm my biggest thing is I said I said this on the radio on ESPN 1320 uh, Sacramento's number one sports station, except on uh, Tuesdays, circa 11 a.m. <laughs> so, so um, no, I I said this is a game that hey, you know what, offense a little banged up. This is where you need your highest paid non quarterback in the league to take over a game and do something. And Nick Bosa didn't do anything tonight. And yeah. you can tell me all about the Vikings tackles are good. Well, yeah, no, but you pay Nick Bosa to be better than those players, and to make an impact. And he had a couple of pressures, I know, and he had a couple of run stops. Yeah, you're a ball knower for knowing that. But, it, it, dude, go <laughs> get a sack. Go, go, <laughs> go get the quarterback. Go, he was he was virtually non-existent. He was non-existent in a way that was going to impact the game. Like he needs go look at what Miles Garrett did against against the Colts the other day or on Sunday, right. right? Did they get? Yeah, they gave up a bunch of points, but he had two sacks, both of them strip sacks. He blocked a field goal. It's like he put his mark on that game. Nick Bosa didn't, and a game where they needed him to. You have Javon Hargrave, who you paid a bunch of money to, just not a factor. Eric Armstead, who's been expensive, not a factor. Randy Gregory, who you traded for, not really a factor. Cleveland Furl had a nice play early in the game, but other than that, nah. I, it, it, this is a, a team that, that's built around its defensive line. They are built front to back. They are, they are meant to be a very good pass rush, and they're not. And this is two weeks in a row. And yeah. if, they, if they're not getting home with their, with their defensive line, they're not going to win very many games, or, or they're not going to get many stops. And I don't know what the fix is.
2: Yeah, I think they just gotta play better. I mean, I don't I don't have a fix. I you know, I d I don't think blitzing more is the answer. I think they get burned on a lot of blitzes. I you know, I don't think Steve Wilkes has been great at dialing him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, these are things that I, I think it's f- fair to say when you have a new defensive coordinator that that you you can look at under the microscope. The zero the zero blitz with sixteen seconds left is just flat out inexcusable. Uh, because you basically took a safety that would have been right there in that seam, uh, who would have added an element of inside leverage to that play, and mm-hmm. you're, unless two guys screw up, him, <laughs> whether it was Hufanga or right. or uh, Gibson, like that's not a touchdown, and you lose that game by five, right? You give yep. up a touchdown, a sixty-yard touchdown with sixteen seconds left in a game that you lose by five, yep. and so much of what happens, you know, I was thinking about it like. There's always moments where you can just point to like, oh, if they don't screw that up, if they don't screw that up, but there are just so many of those, and you lose by five that you just cannot you can't afford to stack as many mistakes as the 49ers did tonight. Yep. And it was again, like I, I thought defensively, to me, like that Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And it was really surprising how well or how open the receivers were getting but you're able generally to negate a lot of that with a pass rush. That's like what the 49ers defense is designed to be, is Mm -hmm. it's designed to be a a zone defense that allows short passes in front of them. If you do drive the field, you have to go 15 plays, right? And they're just going to take their chances and say, you know, you're not going to be able to do it over that many plays against us consistently enough to beat us. But Mm -hmm. the Vikings were, and in large part, because Kirk Cousins never had any heat on him you know, it, it, it never felt like he was uncomfortable in the game and he was just sitting back there. He could make his reads, he could get to his spot and he was never pushed off his spot and every throw was on time and in rhythm. And that's all in the pass rush to me. And, and yeah, like, you know, I don't, I don't think there's frankly, I don't think there's a coverage unit in the NFL, like a group of defensive backs that can operate with, with a quarterback who's, who is just completely unbothered in the pocket tonight. And that's not to say that the Niners Cornerbacks or safeties played well tonight, but it's to say that like the Niners' defense, to your point earlier, is built front to back, is designed to bother the quarterback with just rushing four. That's ultimately the biggest advantage they've had when they've played well,
1: yep. is
2: that they can just rush for drop seven into coverage and then be super effective. And they didn't have any of that tonight.
1: Yep. Um, listen, so listen to the the this is the Vikings' drive chart: three plays and an interception, then. This is just going to be plays and result of the drive. 10 touchdown, 13 field goal, 5 touchdown, 11 field goal, 10 field goal, 7 punt, 10 missed field goal. Like, they were stringing together so many long drives.
2: Which is why I thought it was crazy that Kyle Shanahan just, I mean, I know it was 4th and 6, and maybe if it's 4th and 3, it changes his decision. But settling for that 55-yard field goal there, I thought was crazy because it was, what, 5 or 6 straight scoring drives for... For the Vikings, like five right. or six drives where they put up points at the end of their possession. They didn't they only punted once tonight.
1: Jesus. And
2: it was in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. you know, like there wasn't they are just what I i don't know. I think like the coaching, obviously, we talked about Wilkes and the zero blitz call Shanahan. I thought should have went for it on fourth and six. You—you got to go score a touchdown there because your defense isn't stopping them. He actually, I thought he actually got relatively – he was fortunate in that the defense did get two stops, although one of them was a missed field goal after that. But, I mean, coaching was bad. Special teams was bad. You miss a kick, obviously. Um, and the defense just being completely unable to get a stop when they needed to at any point. In a game that you lose by five, you have all these mistakes and you still lose by less than a touchdown. Yeah. that's That's what's the most frustrating thing about losing – games in the nfl is like they're always so close and just like it's it's generally a collection like i'm a firm believer and it's a cliche at this point but i am a firm believer in more games are lost than one like that line of thinking yeah. that like all if the generally if you're a team if you're an nfl team the talent's not that much different throughout the league the fewer mistakes you make the more the more games you are going to win and that's a, that's been one of the things with brock purdy one of the most underrated things about brock purdy is he hasn't turned the ball over Right. Yeah. He's played clean football. He didn't have a pick until a, like he didn't have his first interception until last week. And then mm-hmm. he threw two
1: tonight. The there were three. So the the first interception you talked about is poor timing on a throw to Jennings. The second one was just not understanding your capabilities as a quarterback. The, he tried to like layer in a throw on the run into a tight window to Ray Ray McLeod. I don't. That's in That's our favorite word, inexcusable. And then there was the the play that led to the field goal, the skipped pass to Brandon Ayuk, where he's running left and then Purdy tries to throw back to the middle, on the run, across his butt. You don't have that arm. You're not Patrick Mahomes, man. You can't do. <laughs> I didn't that.
2: hate that one so much because he was trying to make a play, and it no, was.
1: I, I, no, I totally understand that. But he can't make that play. Sure. I, I don't know. Brandon Ayuk, by the way, one target, no catches in the second half. Yeah. Yikes. I, yeah.
2: Our favorite cast member, Nick Mag- Nick Wagner, texted us at that point. He was like, "Man, they're rolling coverage to Ayuk, but Kyle Shanahan's got to do something to get him involved." It seemed yeah. like, it seemed like a lot was just like. You know, it was, it was Jennings and Kittle at that point once once Minnesota started that started is, focusing their coverage on IUK.
1: Um That has been one of, I think, Kyle, has been and is one of Kyle Shanahan's shortcomings or one of the shortcomings of his offense. Is like sometimes you just have to throw it to your dudes and let them make plays. And how many times did we see Kittle in 2018? He'd have a monster first half and then the defense would adjust and then he'd get no catches in the second half. Because they were busy throwing it to fucking Marquise Goodwin or whoever. You know, <laughs> it, it just because Shanahan goes, oh, they're taking this away. This is going to be open. So obviously throw it to Ray or McLeod. It's like, that's what the defense wants you to do. That's the plan. You're doing their plan for them. Let Brandon Ayuk go be good. And that's been, again, that's not an isolated problem to tonight. That is a, that has been a college and problem for
2: years. They also couldn't run the ball. Really? It never felt like they got in any sort of rhythm offensively. And so much of their rhythm is based on running the ball. And a lot of that too is like, it's a lot harder to run the ball when you're, when you're down by, you know, like the first, the 49ers were down. I think it was 12 in the second, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the half. And it was the largest deficit they've had all season. Right. So I just like, you know, I just, you have to you have to be able to play from behind. And that's one thing, too, that we haven't really seen from Brock Purdy at all, right? Like, we haven't mm-hmm. the last two weeks, and acknowledging that two weeks is a small sample size, but it seems pertinent now that they've lost two games in a row where they've fallen behind and Purdy's been, you know, last week he put them in position to kick the game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. This week he threw two picks on the 49ers' last two possessions when they were down by five.
1: On two possessions where you needed your quarterback to make a play
2: yeah yeah so yeah. that's you know look like we're going to get oh we got we got jared brown in the chat hold on from from our guy jared brown um I every coach that. has a section of their playbook that is specifically designed to get the ball in the hands of your studs you even if they're not sexy plays get the ball to your guys shout out to jared brown who is a coach
1: high school football coach he knows ball. a damn
2: good one he knows ball um so yeah man like it's it's all it's all good when you can when you can like play from in front and you know have balance offensively and run the ball and mix in play action and get guys open with flow and all of those things when the game's closer when you're leading but when you're down by two scores and you have to pass the ball you know we we've seen it now like two weeks in a row where it's like all right do we know that we can trust brock brock purdy to to win a game if if He's, you know, coming trailing from behind and now trailing from behind is redundant. I understand that. um
1: I don't know how you comfortably say yes.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And if, and if you were going to, if you're going to take, you know, the optimistic side of it, you say, well, let's see like what happens when he does have Debo Samuel and sure. maybe to an extent, Trent Williams. Right. But like it's sure. not always going to be perfect. There's, there's, there's a pretty reasonable chance that when you're in the playoffs, you're not going to have all of your guys and you're going to have to win a game without one of your guys too. Yeah. So now they've, you know, they've lost two games in a row. Brock Purdy hasn't, he's thrown picks in each, in each of those losses. And now I think there are very fair questions of, you know, can Brock Purdy be a guy that you feel comfortable with being your quarterback? If you're down by multiple scores in a
1: game that you have to win. 47 carries for 173 yards the last two weeks. That's less than four yards to carry. Yeah. That's not very good.
2: Yeah, team I think teams know like if you're gonna stop the 49ers, it sto- it starts with stopping the run and then you know building your defense off that and it doesn't hurt to jump ahead.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't know. Christian McCaffrey didn't miss a snap tonight, by the way. Just played them all. It's fine. Not like there was a lot of them. What they put couple, couple, five snaps. A couple
2: of tutties for the fantasy squad.
1: Yeah, it's big time. Yeah, we love that. Extended that streak, which is really the most important thing. Two losses in a row for the 49ers. Who cares? 16 <laughs> games with a touchdown in a row for Christian McCaffrey. That's what we're here for. Um, we'll see
2: what's up with Fred Warner. I thought he hurt his hand at, at one point in that game. Um, <laughs> And it looks scary. When, when he left with what appeared to be a left leg injury, um it could be wrong on that, but I thought it was a left leg. Who are we talking about? Fred Warner.
1: Yeah, he took a knee to the thigh. I I,
2: I just one. wonder if there's going to be news about his hand um coming out of this on Tuesday. And now now they have a short week. They're traveling back tonight obviously and they have a short week before playing the Bengals um on Sunday. Okay. We'll get we'll get to that game later on, but like this is this is just like what happens in the NFL. It's like, it it feels like, it, it's just very hard to win.
1: They're definitely losing next week. <laughs> like, let's just record the show now. God, they couldn't stop Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase down the field. Okay, I mean. No, I just, I'm kidding. Okay. No, I, I just, I don't even, I, they're just not, dude, it's two weeks in a row. They've been not good. Like I was ready to crown him. I was like, Brock Purdy's an MVP candidate, and and the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. <sighs> I don't even
2: <laughs> so the Browns uh well, one of my takeaways in watching what happened with the Browns and Colts game, I was like, Oh, maybe maybe one thing we didn't really factor in enough was the Browns coming off their bye week before playing the Niners.
1: That didn't right? matter like, this week.
2: Didn't matter this week. Um, But the point I'm making here is that the Bengals are coming off a bye week. Yeah. So the Bengals come off the bye and this goes back to what we talked about in August or maybe it was June. No, I think it was June when, um, when we were talking about the scheduled prime rest days off season content, prime off season content, the scheduled okay. rest days uh, and the rest disadvantage the 49ers have. Now this is two out of three opponents are going to be coming off a bye. And then when the 49ers do have their bye, After the upcoming Bengals game, they play the Jaguars, who are also coming off their bye. So they don't get the advantage of playing a team that played the previous week when the Niners come off their bye.
1: The 49ers are not only playing a team coming off their bye, they're doing so on a short week (laughs) where they travel.
2: (laughs) It's going to be a tough game against Cincy. Um, I I do trust, like, the resolve. Like, I think, you know, I don't think they're going to come out and, like, be bad. That's the, Um,
1: okay, see, I thought that the last two weeks. Yeah. I got it in Cleveland. Like, okay, you know what? The Cleveland coming off the bye, and they, they still could have won. And eh, eh, eh. But this is just, be- dude.
2: Yeah, this was bad. They were thoroughly outplayed. They got and...
1: smoked by a bad team. Oh, they got smoked,
2: but they, they played. They got I'm...
1: their asses kicked. They lost by five. They got their asses kicked. <laughs> it was a long five. It was a heavy five. <laughs> yeah, g- given <laughs> was, how many things it was went a five wrong, going on six.
2: I'll. I'll, I'll... I don't hate the the argument that it felt like more than five, given how many things went wrong and how poorly they played.
1: Yeah, but they they were two. What's his name? Their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, misfires away from having a couple more touchdowns instead of field goals. Yeah, like he missed Alexander Madison wide open, and then I think it was Jordan Addison wide open on their on those two uh, goal line stands. Yeah,
2: man. Kirk Cousins was, I mean, that's the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, same. I haven't watched every Kirk and, um, Cousins game, but that's that's the best I've ever seen him play.
1: Wow. Shows your dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Shows, I,
2: especially since he was going to be the, uh, the 49ers quarterback at one point.
1: Dude, no, but, dude like, hey, at the rate Brock's going right now, the Cousins thing, back on the table. All yeah, due respect you... to Nick Wagner and Kevin Seifert for their awesome piece in uh, ESPN <laughs> about the the <laughs> fracturing of the Kyle Shanahan-Kirk Cousins uh, pipeline, I guess.
2: I didn't understand how TJ Hawkinson was so open all the time. I had just sort of been under the assumption that the Niners cover tight ends really well, and it's very hard for tight ends to... to get numbers against that defense with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Mm-hmm. Um i like I don't know that Greenlaw is like amazing in coverage. I think he's generally a better like downhill play in front of you type linebacker. Mm-hmm. while Warner is pretty unquestionably the best coverage linebacker in the league. But it felt even early that like Warner, Warner had one play where he's like looking over his shoulder in coverage. Hawkinson's in front of him. I think Warner's looking over his left shoulder and Hawkinson's coming down and breaks to his right and it was very clear that Warner, like Hawkinson, was in Warner's zone, and Warner was just overplaying so much to his left, and then Hawkinson just breaks open to the right and is wide open. And I don't know, like I thought Warner had some plays where he looked awesome and he was in the right spot, mm-hmm. and then there I felt like there were some plays. Even the first run, it was like a 19-yard run to open the game. Mm-hmm. It Easily Warner overran overshot. it. Yeah,
1: he he overran it, and and it was like all right, so. That first play was the exact thing Steve Wilkes talked about in his press conference this week about how when you string out a run like that, you eventually have to get vertical. And they mm-hmm. didn't. It was just everybody getting horizontal, and then the running back is vertical, and there's nobody there. Yeah, An exact same thing. And that's that's where, like I said, the the coaching starts to come in, and like, man, that did, looked like they didn't make any kind of adjustment on the ground. And they couldn't figure it out with the pass rush. I just, yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and I'm here to talk to you about my new favorite thing about football season, and that's prize picks. It's Daily Fantasy Sports, the largest independently owned Daily Fantasy Sports platform in North America. It's easy, exciting, and that's my two favorite things to have in daily fantasy football. It's there's quick withdrawals, it's easy gameplay. There's so many selections of players and stat types that make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And I know you're probably worried about like daily fantasy sports. Oh, there's pros and there's sharks and there's all these people that dedicate their lives to just winning a daily fantasy. Well, no, no, no. This is just you. You pick more than or less than on two to six players to create an entry. And those two to six players, you pick more than or less than on their stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. It is so easy, and PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. There's like Taco Tuesday, where every Tuesday, PrizePix discounts, select player projections up to 25%. That gives you even more value, and my very favorite part of all this, PrizePix offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So... Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can jump in and get Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, George Kittle. Slam the more than and root like heck for those guys to go more than those projections. It's I'm telling you it's the very best way to consume football. So prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Are we, uh, where are we at on on the kicker? Here's what I'm trying to do because I'm a big believer that once a player is in the league, you have to strip their like draft position from their performance. Right. Brock Purdy is your starting quarterback. It doesn't matter that he was a seventh round pick. Once he's in, he's in, he has to play. So I'm trying not to evaluate Jake Moody on the fact that he was the 99th pick, but I also feel like if he was an undrafted rookie, I wouldn't feel the same way that I feel. Cause I'm just kind of out. <laughs> But at the same time, if he was undrafted, would I, would I, get, would I, or would I be like, I know big pressure spot he missed and, you know, missed an out somebody, hey, he came back and he drilled a 54 yarder. That's just, that's good work by him. Or do I just, I think I'm biased because I think picking a kicker 99th overall is abysmal. And the fact that he's not very good is a problem.
2: Yeah, I think no matter where he were, he were drafted, I would be like very, very skeptical of the Niners' kicking situation. Like, dude misses, he missed two kicks, and I know the first one was a fifty-seven yarder or whatever in Cleveland. He missed two kicks in a two-point loss last week, and then this week he misses one. Um, thankfully, like I said, thankfully they didn't lose by three or fewer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I don't feel. I mean, did, did did the leash get shorter after this one? I think that's probably the question that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are are debating this week, right? Does the fact he missed a kick in the first quarter, does that shorten his leash at all? Or did making the 55-yard kick give them any more confidence in him?
1: We got the answer. It's not shorter. They kicked the 55-yarder, 54-yarder, whatever it was.
2: It was a bad decision. (laughs) Like, I what, thought it was a it, bad decision.
1: It, I thought for sure he misses that 40-yarder that at the start of the game. Or the first quarter, whenever it was. And it was like, he's done, dude. You can't go back to him. And then down eight, mid-fourth quarter, 54-yarder. Line him up! Like, what? Right. Like, oh my god! He's <laughs> just going to roll him out there. Cool. Like, I think Shanahan's just glad he has a kicker with that much leg and he can even try it. Yeah. And so he just doesn't really know what to do anymore. But I mean, he's going to, he's, it's not like they're going to cut him this week, but
2: yeah. I I, I mean, I just like
1: confident running him out there.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a complicated question, right? Because like, it wasn't off memory. It didn't feel like he, it, like it was a terrible kick the first one the 40 yarder that he missed tonight
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean it seemed like it was struck well like it doesn't seem like guy has a yips it seemed like he just pushed it a little bit
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I mean the fact that he kicked the 55 yarder probably has to make you feel a little bit better but I don't like I don't know we'll see we'll see it uh, we'll, we'll see about Cincinnati I just I, I don't think and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan's answering questions about it from the media right now um I don't think kicking the field goal from 55 yards out to go down five in that situation was the right call. Particularly given how likely it was that he would have missed it. Obviously he made it. So we can't talk about it in in those terms in hindsight, but like being down five did nothing for them. Yeah. Right. And they did have two other, two more drives to potentially go score touchdowns, which was probably Kyle Shanahan sinking. Like we're getting at least one more drive to go you know, take the lead here with a touchdown, but I don't know, just given the fact that the Niners defense allowed points on five straight possessions before that made me think that like, you know, they couldn't get off the field the entire game and I'll have to go back and look, but eight of 13 on third down for Minnesota is just completely to borrow, to borrow your favorite phrase, inexcusable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there's no like there's no way a team that doesn't have justin jefferson can do that for you or do that against
1: you minnesota went 6.8 yards per play yeah that's too many yards per play
2: yeah i mean cousins completed 78 percent of his passes
1: never um, got never never got sacked see, i one, do two, think three, four, five six qb hits
2: we want to have the human nature, the human nature part of this discussion, like sure. that, that game was more or less the season for the Vikings. They lose that game and drop to two and where are they? They would have been two, and, two five. and five. Yeah. If they drop to two and five, then their season's basically over. They're fielding trade calls for Cousins. Maybe they're trading to Neil Hunter, right? Like that's sort of like the last stand game for them. Not Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm just like when, when you're the the point, I guess I'm trying to make here is like, remember when the warriors, you know, when the warriors were in their dynastic run, it was basically the biggest game of the season for every team they played. Mm -hmm. And it just increased the level of difficulty. It was particularly on the road to, you know, to win those tough games on the road. And again, all I'm saying is that the 49ers given like who they are and how they get talked about, like it's going to be a big game for anybody that plays them.
1: They're on year five of this.
2: No, I know I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just saying like, are you saying it's good
1: that they lost this one?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I'm I'm just saying that like this game for the Vikings on their home field at this point in the season on Monday night football was probably a hell of a lot bigger for them. And the intensity that ah. they played with was probably more than like the Chargers game in September
1: 24th. The Niners aren't going to get the one seed now. And so when they lose in the NFC title game, which boy, right, that seems like a stretch right now because they had to go on the road. I, I don't. I I don't want to hear all we heard about was, Oh, they're so locked in and, Oh, they know the importance of the number one seed and, Oh, they, they know they have to be at home in the interstate. It's like, then I don't give a shit what the Vikings record is, dude. (laughs) Like ever, you saw the Eagles go dominate a good Miami team last night. And they came up with that, whatever, whatever that was. Why was Christian McCaffrey not wearing fucking gloves? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's another question i wrote down after his fumble they're like oh christian mccaffrey's gonna put gloves on now like now why not before was he not
2: where i thought he always wore gloves
1: they, they said that he put gloves on after he fumbled
2: i mean he might have been I, I don't know i i did you see him play without gloves
1: i didn't i didn't pay attention
2: okay
1: yeah I, th- go,
2: I i did I hear go. it i heard it from joe buck but
1: I'm gonna go look right now. And if he wasn't wearing gloves, I'm gonna blame it on the oblique. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly too focused on the slight little tear in his oblique and forgot to put his Jordan gloves on.
2: It's eleven touchdowns in seven in seven games. That's
1: pretty it's pretty good. The last game that he didn't score good. a touchdown in, it was Jimmy Garoppolo against Andy Dalton.
2: Do we underrate Debo Samuels value? Who is we? Just the general us.
1: Um Do they win that game if they have Debo? Oh, maybe. I think it creates more easy throws. I think it just takes away a lot of the like when Ray Ray McLeod goes in motion, it doesn't affect your defense the way it does when Debo Samuel goes in motion. Yeah. And there's probably edge and a physicality he plays with. I'm watching the first carry right now. <laughs> Let me mute this.
0: If he's not wearing feel... gloves,
1: I'm going to go ballistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got I... On. Yeah, oh, I got feel gloves like he had... on.
2: I feel like he had gloves on.
1: No, he definitely did. That's such a bad fumble. Oh my god. Second red zone fumble this year by CMC. Is this a problem? Should we see more Jordan Mason? Your thoughts.
2: That was his third fumble of the year. And the, his career high was 2017, I think, with four.
1: Okay. I want to <laughs> Excuse me. He was
2: uh, 2018. He had four fumbles. So, yeah, ball security's gotta got to be tightened up.
1: <laughs> Boy, does it. So, I said on the internet that the 49ers paid Nick Bosa to take over games like this he's been a virtual no show and somebody responded who did show up on the line in all fairness like no not in all fairness <laughs> not in all fairness <laughs> nick bosa is the highest paid non quarterback in the nfl i don't care that randy gregory didn't have a great game i don't care that drake jackton didn't show up like they paid number 97 to be that dude and he wasn't so no I not would... in all fairness
2: I would say the lack of pass rush was the thing that hurt the 49ers the most in this
1: game. I agree with you. Because if they get if they get off the field on two of those third downs. Like you said the Vikings punted once and it was late in the game. Yeah. I just
2: Yeah, I would I would rank it I mean, the, the third down feels Eight of like
1: 13 on third downs is insane.
2: And that was a, that's a direct correlation to the pass rush, in my opinion. Yeah, um,
1: I totally agree. Held him over two in the red zone.
2: Yeah. But I, I I think if the pass rush is better, to your point, there's probably one or two possessions where they don't score. And we're talking about a five point game. Um, I would put I mean, you can't turn the ball over three times.
1: Yeah, right? that's a problem.
2: <laughs> so I would put
1: You know what this goes back to your keys that you were talking about before the game. I think you nailed it. Win the turnover, turnover battle. battle. Yeah. Got to hit the opposing quarterback. Yeah. That's yeah, really my big
2: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I highlighted I highlighted and circled and underlined limit mistakes.
1: <laughs> That's a big one. That's a big one. No, you know that you note know that yeah, a lot.
2: So, you know, I they they should have listened.
1: Ian Cordero in our in our YouTube chat asks uh who was the bigger loss Trent Williams. I'm assuming TW is Trent Williams. Um Tiger Woodson and not, play either not Trendon Watford. Shout out mm. to the Blazers. Uh <laughs> I think Devo. Honestly, Jalen Moore was fine. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't notice fine. anything egregious from, from Jalen Moore tonight.
2: That play where Brock Purdy scrambled for I don't know 18 yards or whatever mm-hmm. it was, that was more impressive than any run Trey Lance had as a member of the 49ers.
1: It's not even close.
2: Regular season or preseason.
1: It's not even close. Which did Nick tweet out the stat that Brock Purdy has like the second highest rush EPA in the league?
2: Yeah, because like I think, I mean he has a few, how many sneak touchdowns does he have? Two? Three? Yeah, a couple, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably why.
1: Do you think that the legal will ban the quarterback sneak after Brock Purdy got a first down with it? <laughs> I'm kind of wondering.
2: Do you enjoy watching the the tush push? Slash brotherly shove.
1: I don't give a damn about the play. I enjoy watching the collective meltdown on the internet when it happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out on it, but I'm not going to
2: like, I'm out on it, but I'm not (laughs) going to spend time like tweeting about it. And to, to, to like, to everyone's point, which I think is correct. Like there's only one team that's really good at it. If the entire league was doing it and every team was good at it, then I would be like, okay, this is, this is really problematic and the league should look at it. But if only one team can Vikings
1: do it, failed at it tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, was it really a tush push on that pretty sneak? The first uh, the purdy, one, before... no,
1: the pretty, the pretty one probably wasn't. Yeah. they tried to get in there after the fact, but it wasn't carrying him across the line. Tried to get in
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, think... oh, man. Five, five and two. If you would have told me, I mean, that's the th- the NFL is great because. Conventional wisdom always just gets slapped around. If you told me the Niners would have lost to the Browns and Vikings consecutively, I would have been stunned.
1: So I said before the year when we were doing the I said they were gonna lose one of those. And they lost them both. But yeah. I also thought they were gonna lose in Pittsburgh. So
2: anyway. Yeah, maybe maybe uh Ian Cordero in the chat also says Fred Warner over the top might be the answer to the tush push. Maybe, but you gotta time up the snap.
1: Yeah, and not that many linebackers are capable of making that play. Yeah, but I don't, man.
2: So we will. Uh, tough we game. will have tough game, and maybe it was a smack in the mouth the 49ers needed, Kyle.
1: You'd rather have this loss <laughs> in Week Seven than in the divisional playoffs.
2: No doubt. That's what I always say. <laughs> I yeah, like now that it's two in a row, and we've seen. Brock Purdy throw a couple interceptions. Like, I generally don't change my opinion of a team after like a loss, but I'm sort of like I'm a little leery now. I'm a little like I am too. All right, I don't know that they're like as indestructible as they seemed
1: Mm
2: -hmm. a few weeks ago.
1: Yep. Yeah, if they don't figure out that pass rush, I just don't know how they're going to get any stops. That's yeah. Yeah. That's I think they.
2: I think they will. They still have a ton of talent there. But it was it was pretty alarming that given the talent there, there it was completely null and void tonight.
1: Yeah. So. really bad. Really tough. All right. I'm done. I think that's all we got? I have nothing else to say.
2: Shout out to everybody on the YouTube chat. Yeah, it was
1: dope. Thanks, guys.
2: Um man, it was crowded tonight.
1: Yeah. People shout people love to, uh, shout out to the homies from the chatty house that pulled up. Appreciate you guys.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, we'll talk. We'll preview Niners, Niners, Bengals later in the week. Uh, like our YouTube channel if you haven't already. We stream yep. video there. If you're not here, um, subscribe. Did I say like our YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Like the video. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Bell notifications, all of those things. Five star reviews wherever you listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later in the week. All
1: right. Yep.